Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. Oh, it has been too long, too long since I've gotten to speak to one of my favorite comedians and dear friends and breast cancer survivor, Missy Hall. Missy, I just want to welcome you back to Beating Cancer Daily. And we have to talk about this massive milestone. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy to see you and so happy to talk to you about this huge milestone. This week, I will have my first mammogram post-cancer. It was one year ago, really, it was one year ago tomorrow that I had the mammogram that changed the entire trajectory of life. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Second of all, I can't believe we did this whole journey together. I know. Saren, think about it. Like it was literally one year ago tomorrow. I had the first step and then the second step. And then I posted, I contacted you and here we are. And you have been so gracious to have this conversation on beating cancer daily through the past year of all the different stages of not only your cancer journey, but your journey as a comedian who kept performing going through cancer treatment. And if you have not heard the other 22 episodes of Missy's journey, really go back. There are so many beautiful moments and lessons because Missy and I also talk about the journey in comedy and keeping your comic perspective. And how do you do that while you're juggling cancer treatment, myself as a stage four cancer survivor, and also head of the Comedy Cures Foundation and doing so many shows for other patients as an inspirational speaker and as a comedian. And then Missy, who before she ever, ever was diagnosed with cancer for probably two decades, volunteered her time to come perform at Comedy Care shows. And now we've just had this incredible year together that we let y'all listen to and be part of her journey and this is just amazing that we're at this place. But I remember like it was yesterday going yeah. for that monumental milestone mammogram. How are you feeling about that? I'm I'm really blown away by everything. When I and at first I was I got a little terrified. I got a little nervous. I was like, oh no, which I'm sure is very typical. And I let myself go down. What if they see something? What if I, and then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, first and foremost, 
information and knowledge are power, right? So that I'm like, okay, Missy, don't think of it in terms of what if they find something, think, oh, thank goodness we have the opportunity to find something if there's something that needs to be found. Second of all, I mean, I've had surgery, I've had treatment, I'm on medication, things should be fine. This should just be like mammograms used to be before all of this happened. So in a way, I'm excited to go in. I'm having it done at the cancer center, which has instead of feeling like a place of fear for me has become more of this is a place of healing and I know my way around now and stuff and it'll just what a difference a year makes right all of that anxiety and energy when you're newly diagnosed and then you're going back like a veteran I have to tell you and this sounds so crazy but when I was diagnosed the second time I felt so empowered because I had already done it once. And so when I knew that I had cancer every time. And so, first of all, there was a relief to be like, okay, let's get on with it. Now you see it. I know it. Let's just get this show on the road. I did this once. Let's just do this again and get this over with. But I remember so clearly like how that felt one going through a whole year of treatment, but just what it was like to get back in that machine. And it's such a unique feeling. It's such a bizarre experience. It's almost like barbaric in a weird way that we're still doing this crazy compression. Yeah. But wow. I'm just And these are I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I'm but these are new breasts. Like everything's different. I had a reduction as part of my reconstruction after the lumpectomy. So the whole topography is different. (laughs) I love that word, (laughs) topography. I hope you use that in your comedy. I do. And it's funny because I've used that word and they're talking about after middle age, the topography of my entire torso had changed. But now... For sure, literally, like it has been surgically altered and I'm still uncomfortable post-surgery. So I can't imagine that the compression is going to be great. Like I imagine I'll probably be significantly more physically uncomfortable than I have been in the past. Is anybody going with you? Yes. My husband wants to go. Okay. Yeah. And are they going to do an immediate read or you have to go back? Yes. No, they are going to do this one as a diagnostic. I will not leave until the that the images have been seen by the radiologist. And if there's something they will will know right away. And that's the other thing. There's a plan in place. Like, you know, the first time you hear those words, you're like, okay, who do I tell? Who do I call? I'm already in the system. So everything will go to who would need to see it and boom. So it doesn't feel as overwhelming. Yeah, it's incredible. I always say when people reach out and ask me, can you help this person I know? They're just just so despondent. They just found out that they have a cancer diagnosis. And I say it every time. That first period is the worst part. Because it's so unbelievably disorienting and scary and there's no plan. 
once a plan's in place, you kind of get your footing. And then now, as you said, you're walking back in the whole lay of the land. This is already preset. You know what to do, what the drill is. So I agree with you. It doesn't mean that it's not anxiety provoking, but it's Mm -hmm. a different kind of experience first year out for sure. It is because my calendar from last year still exists in my phone. So easy to look at. Like I was writing things down for for taxes, show dates and stuff. And I went to January and I actually got teary looking at this time last year because a week ago, a year ago, I had gone with my in-laws to see Wicked at the Kennedy Center. And I was like, wow, that was before I lost my biological innocence. Like <laughs> that last show was, the, that was the last thing I did. And What else was insane is when I looked at the mammogram date and the lumpectomy date, and then all these shows right next to him, like, I don't know how I did that. I don't either. I mean, we've done episodes on how you pulled that off. I mean, I I was in awe, honestly. I, I don't know what came over me that I'm like, I just have to do all of these. But I looked at that and I showed my husband, I'm like, look at this calendar. He's like, Missy, no one will ever know how you did that. What is your comfort zone? I mean, being on stage for you could be, for other people, going on stage is terrifying. But for you, it's your normal. It's your center, right? I think that's exactly right. It's my center. If I had been going through, as you said, the beginning, oh my goodness, I would never wish that on anyone. And to go through the beginning again while wiping, if wiping away the thing that makes the most sense to me, that's why. But I'm like, wow. I always tease you because you are so physical on stage and I know what it's (laughs) like to have double breast surgery and then trying to figure out how you're holding a microphone and you're doing your physicality and you're playing with your hair. I was like, how'd you do that with stitches? I I know. Oh my God. And I hurt myself. Like I literally, (laughs) I did hurt myself and it it was just the strangest thing. I'm like, why am I doing this? But I think it was honestly, I had to plow through and I'm sure everybody has their thing that they're like, for whatever reason, I couldn't stop doing this or I had to keep doing this. And for me, it was working, but my work is so joyful for me. Yeah. It was the same thing for me. I made that pact of, I am going to launch this charity from my chemo chair and I'm going to do at least 10 minutes a day on this charity, no matter what they do to me. And okay, I had two and a half years of cancer treatment and that was three surgeries, 44 radiation treatments, two plus years of chemotherapy, as much as three chemos a day. And I kept that promise. And you know what? It wasn't 10 minutes a day. That was the least I pledged I would do even on a surgery day. But that went to 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 hours easily. And it was my normal. It was my center. I believe architecting and growing comedy cures from my chemo chair with a cell phone and a laptop and producing all the comedy shows, which you were so gracious to also perform in, that kept me sane. It just kept me, kept my eye on something 
way more important to me than cancer. I had to kind of demote cancer from being the most important thing. Yes. And I immediately felt the need to talk to people about it, not for my sake, but to be like, oh, I get it now because I've been doing comedy cures and then countless fundraisers for different kinds of cancer. That's And then when you get it, you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So I felt a, almost a responsibility to just be funny about it in the best way that I could. And that way reach so many people come up to me after shows now and share their experiences. So that's a great point you just brought up. How do you make cancer funny? Now, I did the 31-day cancer tumor humor challenge where I challenged myself to make cancer funny for 31 days. You automatically started writing almost automatically because we did it live on this podcast recording as you were going through, but let's share more with them. Like now you're a year out. How do you make cancer funny? How do you make survivorship funny? It was hilarious because I was getting ready to go on stage and My husband was on the show too, and somebody had asked a question or my husband reminded me of a doctor's appointment or something. And the host, who was a lovely gentleman, said, oh, are you a survivor? And I'm like, so far. And he looked at me and then I'm like, you can laugh. I'm like, I mean, it's only been a minute, but so far. (laughs) Then I started on this role. I'm like, I mean, really, we all are. We're all surviving something right now the planet could literally explode at any given moment like we're all surviving something and just kind of rolling it into that i'm trying i just want to reference your husband because if you've never heard this podcast before missy's husband is also a comedian and they have a live date night on facebook on tuesdays where you can kind of eavesdrop on their date night and they are just funny because they're two comedians having a date night and you get to be part of it. So you should check out Missy Hall on all social media, but Tuesdays on Facebook at eight o'clock, you can get a little sense of their life as two comedians living together. And that's been so lovely because people will make comments like I'm getting my mammogram tomorrow, you know, and it's like, even though it's not always, we, there'll be times that we don't even mention cancer. People know, and our regulars will talk. We'll just write little comments and getting my mammogram or my mammogram was clear or something. I don't know. It's just, it's been very, it's been very sweet. And to have moved through the, we're so sorry you're going through this to, yay, you're a survivor now, has, it's been nice. It's been really kind of cool. And that makes writing about it in a way that is humorous almost a little bit more challenging because I almost feel like I might appear to be less vulnerable than I did in the beginning. Right. So I don't 
I want to make sure that an audience knows I'm not making light of it. So I've been kind of framing things a little bit differently than I did in the beginning, things of that nature. I just remember so many episodes where we were laughing and crying in the same episode. And now it just feels like you you're coping with it in a very different way as time goes on. And I think that's a really interesting point because if you're just diagnosed and this is all so overwhelming and so scary and so painful, it's interesting how as you go through, you develop this resiliency and you develop this strength that you probably didn't even know that you had but it does develop. And I'm just so honored that Missy, we got to go through this with you in such an authentic way so that the audience could really follow along with how you were building your resiliency and definitely having a comic perspective. I think just watching this from this up front seat that you've given me, it really helped you cope a lot. It absolutely did. I'm so blessed to have had that as an outlet and a tool. And again, I always think of what does someone who doesn't have a way out of their own head do with all of this? You Um, also, we talk about this all the time. We both are very faith-based. Yes. And I think it's like the double whammy. I mean, having a comedic perspective being able to be the observer, which you have to be when you're writing comedy, because you are observing the world around you, the people in your family, people that you're meeting in the supermarket, people that you see in line at the DMV. I mean, everyone is a potential, (laughs) sounds terrible. Everyone is a potential (laughs) joke, right? Everyone is a potential bit. And, And I think some people don't know, like, Comedy is generally a seed of truth. There is something that really is based in reality. And then we exaggerate it. Sometimes it's just so funny on its own. We don't have to exaggerate it. But there's usually a seed of truth if it's really authentic to the performer. So just being able to go through cancer and everything you're experiencing and everyone you're meeting is potentially (laughs) a bit, is a very different way to go through cancer treatment. It is. It absolutely is. From every conversation you have with a doctor, radiologist, the people doing radiation treatments, like all of those moments, when you are looking at a comic perspective, you are automatically finding the funny in it. Yeah. No um, one is safe. No one <laughs> and it's so funny. I remember my surgeon going, is, am I going to end up in your bits? And I'm like, yes, but it will always be very flattering. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, please, no, I'm not making fun of you. I just, I've, but absolutely you're on, you're in there because I think some of these experiences 
we all kind of have in common or something like it. And that's another wonderful thing. And I'm sure you get this all the time too. Like you'll tell a story or a joke and then somebody who you'll probably never ever see again will go, oh my gosh, when I went, they said this and this happened. And you hear these little slices of life, these other intimate moments that people had that you get to be privy to just because they found the funny in it. Yeah, it's so true. If you can listen, go into your next appointment, whatever stage of this cancer experience you're in, go into your next appointment. And I want you to either use your phone or take a little notebook and look for the funny. Try to find the funny as, okay, fine, you've got to go do the radiation or you've got to go get a checkup or do your chemotherapy. All that's going to happen anyway. But try to go in and channel Missy and me and Mm -hmm. look for the funny. See if anything strikes you as absurd or, or comical or physically comical or witty or a pun. Anything that's absurd, just write it down and see if you can actually find the funny in the experience. I don't know. You know how they make you ring the bell? Yeah. Bell ring thing. So I know they do it when babies are born and then they do it when you finish your treatment, right? Yeah. That happened after me. That wasn't common Uh, 25 years ago at all. It just wasn't a thing. Now it's a thing. But yeah. I don't know. There's something funny about that to me. I don't know why I think it's funny. I haven't written a comedy routine on it. But the fact that it's to announce a baby being born and then the end of cancer treatment, that's kind of a weird juxtaposition. I think there's that is. something yeah, funny. I didn't, yeah, there's a hospital in Delaware, not near me, but my mother was at one and they kept Every once in a while, you'd hear Brahms lullaby, just a quick little. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she's oh, that means a baby was born. I'm like, what music do they play when somebody passes? Like, if they start playing taps, we got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, because if you're going to uh, this. Yeah, exact- yeah, that's funny. That's so funny. That's funny. I actually heard da, 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> even better and that's all you get and then, yeah that would be funny dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I just want to show them so what Missy and I just did is common in a writer's room or at a diner if you're with a friend who's a comedian and they tell you the bit that they're working on and then they give you what they have developed. And then because you're so fresh to it, you haven't been working on it, you can usually pull something out that's ups what they did because you have distance from it and you're hearing it for the first time. So even as somebody who loves comedy and loves to go to comedy shows, even if you're not a comedy writer, you can usually just let yourself authentically say what you would have liked to have heard. So you don't have to actually be a comedian to do this. It's if you were watching someone on stage and they were going to give the punchline, what twist would you want to hear? Exactly. 
Exactly. And have you, I've seen people at comedy shows, like if I'm in the back watching somebody else perform and the audience doesn't know, like I'm a comic, I'll be standing there and they go, oh, I thought he was going to say this, or I thought she was going to say that. And they're, that's exactly what you're talking about. They're not aware of the fact, but they're like, they're writing. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's so cool. Writing. Yeah. I wanted to bring up the appointment that you had with your husband today. <laughs> Because when you said it, something so funny came into my mind. So are you comfortable sharing with the appointment? Yes. Okay. Okay. Say it. Yes. Okay. So my husband, who, mind you, is 13 years younger than I am, has been having difficulty with his hearing. And he spent, he's a drummer. And I didn't know until this morning he'd gotten hit in the side of the head with the baseball in 10th grade and had some hearing damage. So he finally scheduled an appointment with an audiologist. (laughs) He said, Busy, they want you to come with me (laughs) so they can measure how I respond to your voice. And when you told me this, I literally heard, what a convenient excuse to not do chores and to say that you never heard that your wife asked you to do something. Oh, I'm sorry. I have hearing loss. I I didn't do what you told me to do. (laughs) And all I kept thinking was like, oh my gosh. So for a year, I played the cancer card. Now he's going to play the hearing loss card. (laughs) Nothing is going to get done around here ever. (laughs) (laughs) Both both of us refusing. (laughs) (laughs) I know your cancer card's expiring. Thank God. Yes. And I'm so happy to see it go, but I definitely (laughs) don't want to now have to adjust to a hearing aid card. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's just a term that's thrown around. My friend who started, I'm too young for this cancer, actually printed up little cards that say the cancer card. And when I met him, he gave it to me. And so anytime I didn't want to do something, I just pulled out my cancer card and said, oh, here's my cancer card. I don't have to do it. And I just think it's so funny. So this is just like a phrase that people use when they want to get out of something. They pull their cancer card. So that's what Missy was referring to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh, my Lord. When you told me that, I was just like, what the perfect excuse for a spouse to get out of. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you, Missy, that you wanted me to (laughs) take the dishes out of the dishwasher. And we're not making fun of anybody with hearing loss. No, no, no. no. We're making action. And that's an important distinction. And I think people can hear it when. We are making fun of marriage. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing is we are, and I think it comes across when people are hearing comedy or watching comedy, when the intent is making fun of a relationship, not making fun of the thing, not making fun of cancer, not making fun of hearing loss, making fun of a marriage 
to people dealing de- with it, right? Yes. And it's with funny. It, it is mm-hmm. so funny. You guys are so delicious. Missy, I love you. I miss talking to you. Oh, it, I feel like a watered plant now that we've gotten <laughs> to talk. It's the best. I'm so grateful for this time and so happy to see you. Yeah. People love your episodes. As I said, this is our 23rd one and they are so incredibly popular. They are among the favorite episodes of Beating Cancer Daily. And the news that I have to share is that I found out just a few weeks ago that we have listeners now in 57 countries. 57 countries. Her mouth dropped open. I'm watching her on video and (laughs) Missy's mouth dropped open. Missy, 57 countries. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, especially because there's no marketing or advertising. This is all word of mouth, and it's just already spread to 57 countries. That is stunning. Yeah. That is stunning. I'm really proud of that. And we started in 2023. We now have 236 episodes recorded, 236 episodes episodes of Beating Cancer Daily since we started after midway through 2023. And just to think that the world's responded in such a way. And I just want to thank you for being part of that. It is such a pleasure to do these longer form episodes with you, because if this is your first time listening, Beating Cancer Daily is a bite-sized podcast. It was really important to me that I support you and I speak with you daily. And so Missy comes on and Jackie, our functional medicine expert comes on. Each one of them comes on for an episode during the seven of the week. And these are longer form, but just to think that it's such girl power. Like we did this. I'm so excited. I, again, I'm so honored to be part of it. And then I'm just sitting here. I'm like, Saren, the amount of information and everything that you personally have been able to just disseminate since you decided to do this. Like, I, I'm so proud to know you. I really am. And I was listening to the podcast also as a cancer patient and So this will always be one of the most amazing things. Yeah, it's so special that you were able to be that vulnerable and let us into this authentic experience. And you know what? We got two major recognitions in 2023, which I never expected. But for a major podcast company like Blueberry to make us their December pick, of the month. They pick one podcast a month to feature as excellence in podcasting. And we were their December feature. And that's crazy to me out of how many podcast episodes there are and how many podcasts every day. And we got that. And then the listing that we got is one of the best cancer podcasts in the world. 
ranked as one of the best cancer podcasts in the world after we just launched several months before. It, it's all just so crazy because I can literally place myself in that chemo chair in 1999 after having been diagnosed for six years. And I can feel myself in that chair and to think from 1999 until now in 2024 that this little podcast has reverberated around the world and gotten recognized for its uniqueness and its humor and its authenticity. It just makes me so emotional. And I'm just so honored to share it with you and Jackie when you guys come on as our special features. Yeah, it's my, I'm, I'm truly blown away. I'm truly blown away. And I just keep thinking like all over the place, there are people that are taking this in and it just makes my heart so full that maybe if there's somebody who's nervous or feeling lonely or needing a couple of giggles or something that, that this can help. And it's just unbelievably awesome. And what I'm so excited about is that I'll let you in on something that Missy and then the lady that helps do the technical side of this podcast and then gets a blast out all over the world. Her name is Kate. I've mentioned her before. And the three of us are meeting in Philadelphia. It's so a girl road trip in February. I'm and so excited. I know. Is that amazing that the three of us who do this, I'm so sad Jackie can't come, but the three of us are going to actually be in the same place together. And so many of these episodes have been done because of the generosity and just the talent of Missy and Kate and of course, Jackie and myself. So I just, I'm so excited for our meetup. I am too. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. And it was so funny. You're like, if you get a show, let me know. I'm like, are you kidding me? I won't take <laughs> any shows that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited. So maybe yeah. we'll record something when we're all together in Philly, but I'm just so excited to be with you. And Missy, you I love well. you. Please call me after your your scan tomorrow and just check in and just know that I'm with you right there. I'm holding you. I love you. I'm praying for you. And whatever it is, we just deal with it. Yeah. God willing, yeah. it's only good news. But whatever news it is, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. Thank you. And I, yes, thank you. And I believe that. I know that about you. So thank you very much. So I would love to know, and I'll share it with Missy, if you found some funny when you did the little exercise the next time that you went into the chemo facility or the radiation room, I would love for you to go to comedycures.org and go to the menu and write to me or look for the podcast section and hit the record button and just share it with me verbally. I really would love to see if you started finding the funny in this cancer journey. And if you didn't, that's fine too. You just keep looking. Have a blessed day and 
I'll see you tomorrow. If you loved today's episode, then tell the world. Why? Because Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor-supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more robust and interesting programs our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to ComedyCures.org. And of course, I always want you to make a donation. It's tax deductible to the extent allowed by law. But what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.